Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs. I'm your host, Bill T. This week, coming at you, another great podcast, like always. But what we want to do before we get this podcast started, I want to remind you guys to share the podcast with your friends. We love when you share the podcast. So make sure you guys go on any social media platform that you're on, even Facebook, share and spread the podcast. Matter of fact, I want you guys to get your favorite episodes, copy and paste them. You can go right off Apple iTunes, or you can go right off of Libsyn, right where my podcasts are hosted, and you can copy and paste it and take it to one of your groups, your Facebook groups groups or whatever and help share the podcast man that's a good uh, way for people to learn about the vw hobby and there's a lot of good content on here i know a lot of you guys are really into it so i'm asking you as listeners do me a favor and go out there and share the podcast with your friends i'd appreciate that helping grow the podcast also if you want to support the podcast go to letstalkdubs.com click on the merch page uh, shop and pick up some merch support your boy over here as well as help get money ready to give away for our october one crazy weekend that's coming up October 7th. It's going to be hosted at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Our main title sponsor is going to be Finley VW. We've got plenty of other local sponsors that we've got coming on board. But I want to make sure that you guys know to block your calendars now and reserve your rooms. Go to letstalkdubs.com and click on the tab that says Showtime. Get your discount code for the Orleans Hotel and Casino. You've got to book your room 30 days in advance. This is Vegas. This isn't Kentucky. This isn't nowhere in the USA. This is Las Vegas. Hotel rooms, you got to book in advance. You get great rates, but you got to book your room in advance. So you guys make sure you get the room discount code that's on there and book your room for one crazy weekend. And make sure that you guys get your car dialed in because it's a interactive weekend. Starts off Friday night with a strip cruise and then Saturday with a car show, top 20 picked and one best to show. And then it kicks off with the grand finale, the Let's Talk Dubs, one crazy weekend poker run. We give away a few thousand dollars to the best poker hand. It's an interactive experience. Get to drive your car and experience the streets of Las Vegas with other VW enthusiasts. So it's a great time. I assure you, you'll be back the next time because it's just such an all around weekend. Like I said, that's why it's called one crazy weekend. And we have enough time that there's nothing going on where you can go gamble. You can go goof around the hotel, casino, whatever you like. So make sure you come check us out at One Crazy Weekend, October 7th and 8th here in Las Vegas, Nevada. Now shifting gears, I want to talk about Ross Wolf's Billet Shift Coupler, one of the finest pieces crafted recently for the VW scene. It's a perfect performance replacement that won't come apart and fail. The coupler is machined from T60, 61, T6 aluminum that has a strength of structural steel and properly fits your VW shift rod and nose cone. Fastened with stainless grub screws and lock nuts, it's a shame something so attractive is hidden underneath your tunnel. So do yourself a favor and get your shift together at RossWolf.com. This podcast is also brought to you by our friends at VW Trends Magazine. That's right, a magazine for the people, by the people, not just the typical Orange County air-cooled VW magazine. This magazine has cutting-edge features from all over the globe, even has some water pumper features in it, so it truly represents the hobby. So check out VW Trends Magazine. Subscribe today at vwtrendsmagazine.com. That's vwtrendsmagazine.com. On this week's podcast, we've got Lee Bashaw coming out of Roseville, California. You might remember the name because Lee Bashaw hit the scene in 2005 with his 1958 Cal Looker. Totally legit car, one of the baddest cars in the in the Duran Kafer Cup Class Series, uh, cracking out super quick quarter mile times and taking some titles back in the day. We talk about a lot of technical stuff, engine building, and he's got a car that's a show stunner that's garage built at home. So don't tell me only the big money guys can do it because Lee did it in his garage. He's got one of the nicest cars in the street. He's got it back out, had it at the VW Classic this year, switched it up, made it more of a streeter now. But I'm looking forward to bringing this interview to you guys. So on this week's podcast, let's get into it with Lee Bashaw. Talk about the Duran Kafer Cup class on Let's Talk Dubs. Here's a 
Volkswagen that's big enough. The new VW Fastback Sedan. The Fastback also has the most powerful engine we've ever made. It's air-cooled. Okay, everybody, so on today's show, coming at you again from my gathering at the VW Classic where I've been grabbing people for podcasts, uh, it's a good opportunity to sit and get a mic to mic on today's podcast. I have a name you may recognize, Lee Bashan. Lee Bashaw is from Roseville, California, and you recognize that name if you followed the, the, the Ren K for Cup series, and he had a car that uh, took the record at one time. You held the record for the, DK, the DRKC at one time? Uh, well, I won the championship in 06 and won top eliminator in 06. Won the championship. So, Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, the way that we start the podcast every time is, what's your VW story and how did you get into Volkswagens? Uh, in high school, uh-huh. hated VWs, thought they were <laughs> dumb, wanted a mini truck. Right. And then uh, sitting in math class, there was this girl who brought VW magazines every day, always bragging about her boyfriend's bug. So I started to look at them because what the hell? And the right. next thing you know, I fell in love with them. Got my first bug at 16, a 68, you know, slammed on eight spokes. Nice. And, uh, you know, as time goes on, you start learning about the earlier models and want one of those. And then uh, progressing from high school to, uh, I was in the Navy down in San Diego, and that's when I started falling in love with, you know, Cal Look, DKP and all that. Right. Going to all the shows down there, Jamboree and all that. Uh, Brotherhood Raceway. Got to see them at Terminal Island Racing before they closed. Went to Palmdale before it closed. And then from there, just wanted a, you know, 12-second car, two-liter. And now you're you're up north, up mm-hmm. there in Roseville near Sacramento, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a little bit of a – now you guys got the drag strip, Buggerama. Yep. Great, yep. Grateful for that that they do two races oh, a year. Oh, yeah. Yep. And then – but there's, there's always been – and what's funny is – Frenchie, I think, is the one that started the Duran Kafer Cup Series. He's the one that was kind of... Yeah, from my understanding, it's a, it was a partnership between Frenchie, Rich Kimball, and DKP. Right. DKP wanted their own like uh, class to race in. And then a bunch of people decided to get it. At what point... So you've got your 68 bug. The bug that you have now is... Your bug that you're known for is... What year is that bug? 58. It's a 58. What's the color? It's a... Glacier blue metallic. Glac- Glacier Metallic Blue, and it was featured in Hot VWs? Yes, uh, October of 05, and then it was also in uh, Let's Play, and I forget what the French magazine's called. Oh, Super VW. Yeah, those yeah. three. So that car, you get that car, and what's the genesis of that car, and how does it end up turning into? So the 68, I ditched that years ago when I left to the Navy. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved back to Sacramento, I bought a 61 ragtop. It was a beater, you know, faded paint, ripped up interior. But uh, Dean Kirsten had that, I think it's 1998 blueprinting uh, 2276 article that went on for like two years. I just started following that, buying parts, and then basically just learned to build motors from that article. So you built your own first big motor? Yes. Yeah, 2276. I had uh, uh, Roger Crawford Street Ease on there. 
found my 48s at Buggerama in the swap meet. Uh, bought the scat crank and all that, you know, got a tranny from, uh, our first tranny I think was from VW Paradise when um, Carter worked there. Yeah. Harold Carter. So I just started buying all the parts that you see in the magazine, putting it together, learning. Ran 1249, that was my best at 105 in that car. How many, how many passes did you get out of that motor before you pulled it apart? Uh, I got about a year's worth, so however many passes, about 50 passes, because I blew my first tranny up. So the, the reason you pulled it, so the motor stayed together, the motor yes, you yeah. built. Yeah, I've never blown a motor. Really? Yeah, never blown a motor, just a ring, one ring and pinion, I learned that lesson. And, and you, I mean, it's a pretty bold move to go from, have you built motors before then? No. You never built a motor. No. Nope. You followed the article on blueprinting an engine. Yeah, he just did month by month series on what to do, who to send it to for machining, and what to look for. And I bought all the tools and you know dial indicators and calipers and just learned how to use them. So then you end up building your motor, and that's kind of the thing, right? You 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 get you get methodical in your build process, and then now after you start running your car, obviously VW people aren't alone, so you got friends. Mm. So now they start hitting you up to build their motors. Yeah, I get that occasionally, <laughs> but. In my life, I just don't have time to build other people's motors, and I'm pretty picky and peculiar on what I want to work with. And you know, plus my thing is I don't want no one coming back complaining, right? Saying you did this or you did that. Because I know our our boy George McCallum yeah. over there. Yeah, George. I know he's like, look, man, Lee Lee's my secret weapon, bro. Lee <laughs> tells me all the things I need to do, all the parts I need to get, all that kind of stuff. And you kind of. It, it, and in George's eyes, you've earned that right because of the the Duran Kafer championship that you won, the uh, the vehicles that you've, you know, your bug that you've had on the road and, and and beat it up day after day, and it's still like it's still a stunning show car. I mean, it's a yeah, it's 17 years old. So, yeah, when I had the 61 with the motor and tranny, that's pretty much in the car now, and I had the Urcos and all that and the roll bar, and I was a 04. I was about to spend the money and restore that 61, but. I wasn't really happy with the car. It had a 64 pan and mixed match fenders. And my buddy, I'm sure uh, I'm one of the people that's gotten the car from Jason Lindquist. I'm sure you've heard that name mentioned. Yeah. Uh, he had this all original 58 roller, sheet metal pan, everything matching. And then one day he's like, I'm selling this car. I'm getting rid of it. I said, hold on a minute. I said, call your guy. See if you'd rather have a 61 ragtop roller instead. Called the guy up. The guy said, yeah, I'd rather have the ragtop. So we put both cars in the garage and stripped all the parts off the, uh, all the good high performance parts off the 61, took all the stock stuff on the 58 and put that on the 61 so it would roll and then the guy took off with my 61s. Nice. That's how I ended up with the 58. And the funny thing is I had the color and interior already all picked out for the 61 and it's all 58 scheme and I got a 58. So who, did, who painted that car? A guy named Robert Anderson out of West Sacramento. So. The total time it took you to build that car start to finish was what? Six months. Six months? Yeah. Yeah, I got the car October you're, you're of- You're right, like you don't have a lot of time, so you don't play around. You get everything on a schedule and just get going, huh? Uh, uh, like my <laughs> wife, she'll tell you, I am Mr. Like, when I got something in my head, I'm going full steam ahead. There's no stopping, no no nothing. It's Once it's in my head, I'm going for it. So like as you built your motor, you start collecting all the parts and pieces, and then when you start going down that road, you're like, start to finish, get yep. it done. I mean, I hit up Koch's, bought all kinds of stuff from Koch's, bought all, kinds, you know, all the Wolfsburg West, the interior from Lenny, uh, stripped all the undercoating off the car, stripped the car all down, sent the car to Lodi, California, where the guy blasted it to bare metal, sent the pan and all suspension to a powder coater that used to be in Rancho uh, Cordova. They did all my powder coating. Uh, the longest part of that whole thing from October to May 
was the body, paint and body. The guy had the car sitting for like four or five months, just bare metal sitting at his uh, paint shop. Really? And uh, But I couldn't complain. I mean, I paid in 05, paint, body work, labor, materials, $2,400 for that. Oh, car. come on, bro. You, and, can't, you can't even buy materials for that And now. it's all, you know, DuPont, Chroma Base, the old, the good stuff back then, uh, base coat, clear coat. And you take all my headliner and door panels off and everything, it's all buffed all behind there wow so he painted the whole shell inside and out for twenty four hundred dollars well that's a good deal yeah screaming deal so now let's talk a little bit about about engine building motors and whatnot because the oh, motor yeah. so the then, motor that's in the car now so let me back up i'm sorry with, yeah, the, yeah. with the 61 like i said the first year i after the first year of drag racing that car 12 seconds i wanted you know do oh, the you old, were running the 61 yeah that was my original 1249 car pump gas and then I wanted to do 11s, 1160s. So I took the motor apart, put super flow or compies on there from Roger Crawford, FK89, 13 to one. Ran 1160s, 1170s in that car. Yeah. And then along the way, you know, running super gas, super gas in uh, old PRA. That's when the, old, the 58 came about. So I want, I built that 58 strictly for the DRKC class. So I just had my 11 second motor right there in my tranny and I just put that in the 58. So, so you just moved everything right on over. Yep, I just moved everything over and that's how uh, that's how I ran my 1160s in the 58 when I ran DRKC. And then that's when the whole Rich Dixon and the Sean Gears with the 1090s came around. And So ta let's talk about that for a second because the class was super competitive for a while. Like everybody was like, everybody was running thir thir low 13s, high 12s, like it started getting down. Yep. Everybody was just kind of one up in each other a little bit by a little bit. Yep, and then that's when the whole 1160s, 1170s started happening, all the rumors. And I think Buddy Hale with his old 55, I, if he I did. remember correct, I think he, he ran was the 11. first. He ran 11 something at uh, in Vegas, I think it was. Yeah, I know he did it in Sacramento too. Did he? Yeah, I remember, he, I think he was the first one to do it. So I was like, who's gonna be the first, you know? And he busted it out. Yeah, and then, and then so you've got your car. Best time in your car was what? Uh, with my DRKC motor or the other motor? The DRKC motor. Uh, 1160 something at like 115. That was back in 05, 06. 115 and what, what's the setup on that motor? It's 2276, scat crank, uh, old Potter, Mario Wedgemate. Uh, Wisco 94 is from Roger Crawford, his compies. And then I, uh, I bought another set of IDAs from Jack and Italian Weber's that were already done to 52s. And what what rock what um, um, what rods? Scat H beam 55s. So scat 55s five on yeah. that. Yeah, Matt and push rods, scat rockers. Now having some success with uh, having some success with building that motor and running that car, and and probably having friends that are doing the same and things like that. What do you think is one of the most common overlooked things that people, especially when they build the motors themselves, what are the most common overlooked things that they do wrong, you think? I would say probably the most common thing besides cheapening out on parts would be uh, not miking everything, not measuring everything, and just kind of throwing it together and hoping it, it says standard, I guess it's standard, you know? So they're not double checking. When, yeah. So when you went through the process of double checking stuff, which which did you learn from that blueprinting article? Yeah, but you know, I was just like, you know, like what's that expression you guys used a while back about there's engine assemblers and there's engine builders. Right. You know, I started off as an engine assembler. Just put it together. Yeah, it's all standard, so it must be good. And then you start learning along the way the importance of checking everything and you buy your mics and your more gauges and all that. And right. Get all your information so you know for future reference. My machinist that I used to use in the, 
in Sacramento that he used to stress it to me all the time. That's where I got it from. He's like, you need to buy your own tools. Stop coming to me to measure every little thing and buy your own tools so you can have your own log and your own recordings of what you got so you know when stuff starts to go away. And All right, so he told me what tools to buy and I just started buying you know, eBay, buying all the tools and just measuring everything, bought my own scale, balanced my own pistons and rods. And so did you find out when you started checking everything, like everything's all out of whack? Yeah, well like, you know, I went on this motor when I rebuilt this motor for pump gas when I detuned it. So when you detuned it, what what, what all did you do to, to go from your your 1160 motor to the motor that's in there now? What what so did you change? I bought a Steve Long cam, the XR310, which is equal to like a FK10. I bought a set of CB Ultra Wedge Port heads that were not fly cut like my old ones were. So and my compression that I shot for was nine to one, you know, sixty thousandths deck height. 59 cc's total in the chambers and the valve pockets and that came out to like 9.1 to 1. Um, so you basically changed the cam and dropped the compression. And the heads. Oh, I had, changed the heads too. I had to right. get another set of ultra wedge ports because my other ones were just cut to 35 cc's so I couldn't use them for pump gas. They were too far cut. But, and, a, and a lot of people would then just take shims and shim the crap out of the barrels and now make the barrel, the top of the barrel part of the combustion chamber. Yeah, and you just lose a lot of efficiency and all that. So you want to make, my rule of thumb that I've always heard, you know, learned along the way is you want a 40 to 60 thousandths deck height. You know, that seems to be the, the two sweet spots. Uh, you know, you run a zero deck and then you just pick your 40 or 60 thousandths copper head gasket and there's your deck height. Yeah. So this motor, I did a 60,000s copper where like on my race motors I did 40,000s coppers. And then the and then the, the use the copper head gaskets for what specifically? Well, from what I understand it's a two part purpose, you know, you got sealing better sealing and that's your deck height because you you know, you run a zero deck on your piston to cylinders and then you're So you're keeping it so when you're top dead center before you put the head on it's at zero zero it's flush to Correct. the top. And then do rings make a huge difference in your book? Yeah, uh, so I've always done the, well, I've done the Childs and Alberts, the second Childs uh -huh. and Alberts and a Weisco top and third from Roger Crawford. And then Childs and Alberts went away, there was Z-gaps, so I lost that. Then I had to, you know, just did total seals. And you know, you can get all crazy exotic with total seals and all the leak down and all that. But my Weisco's are the two by two by fours. They're not the crazy thin packages. So I just did a Weisco top, a gapless total seal second, and Weisco oil. I've had good luck with it. My, my, my stuff's sealed. I do leak downs all the time. I do a leak down before, I do a leak down after. Yeah. Every time the motor comes out, I do a leak down. I keep record of everything. And the leak downs just get better and better each time I check. Like they, the wheels, the, the, the rings are seating better? Yes. The last time I took the motor out, which was, I think it was like February, March, uh, I had 1% leak down on all four cylinders. Wow. Yeah. So it's like once they're getting kind of set in place, you're getting way better. Yeah. Way better. They just get better each time. Because I think when I first, my first leak down on this motor was like 8%, 5 to 8 and then every time it just keeps going. That's, yeah, that's pretty dropping. impressive. I mean, and figuring you're not, it's not a daily driver, so you're just running it every time you're going to shows and yeah. things like that. Now, yeah. with that, with the new setup that you have, it's still 22, uh, uh, 2276. It's the same crank and rods and flywheel from, I bought in 1998. Uh, the Wisco pistons that I bought from Roger in 2001. And uh, I still got a bunch of other old stuff on there from 98, like I, my Berg sump and linkage and all that. I got the 52s still on there, but I just choked them down to 40, 44 chokes. That's what uh, Jack, 
So you ch ch choked them down, changed the Jets? Yeah. Well, the Jets, you know, it's your standard 200 to 180. Okay. And now with the uh, – you ru you running tall manifolds, short manifolds? Uh, they're the CB manifolds, but they're fully welded top to bottom from when Anthony used to work at CB. And now – because, you know, there's always that thing where you're building a car for top end. You want to put the tall manifolds for top end. Short end, short manifolds give you torque. Are you running the tall manifolds in yes. yours? Okay. Yeah, I actually have my old my old uh, 2007 manifolds from when I ran DRKC because they're welded top to bottom. So, you know, got to have that look of the welds on there. Yeah. it's <laughs> You know, the more welds, the more horsepower, they say. Right, right. So I, I have a question about, because I, I think we touched on it when we were talking at one point. How important is it to filter your fuel? Well, like, and to what extent do you go when you're? Because I think when you're racing that DKRCista or the the DRKC, like consistency is key, and keeping everything running as dialed in as possible. Because they're all carbureted motors, so they're mm. pretty sensitive to crap in the fuel stuff like that. To what extent do you pre-filter and filter the fuel before it goes in the carbs? I have a complete front-to-back MagnaFuel fuel system, so I've always ran their 75 micron uh, pre-filter, and I've always ran race gas before when it was high compression, so I considered it to be, you know, pretty clean. But when I did the whole streetcar conversion, detuning it, I added a MagnaFuel, I think it's a 25 micron post-filter. Because I'm thinking, you know, you're running pump gas, you know, what the hell? Yeah. Who knows what you're getting. And have you checked it out to see, like, if you're getting a little garbage, a little more I've garbage? I've looked at the pre-filter before, and I didn't see nothing. Yeah. Yeah. So, because I, I know that on, on my cars, uh, I'm pretty loose with the filters. I think I run the paper filter that you get from auto the auto parts store. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's some, somebody told me a long time ago that the paper filters are the worst. Yeah. Because they just disintegrate, and then all the paper fibers just travel through your system. Yeah. So I've always ran a metal mesh screen filter. And now, with... With making that transition from street, from the the, you win the championship in the in the, in the DRKC. What happens next? Then shortly after that, gears and all those guys enter the scene. And, yeah, and, so and DRKC, the class jumps considerably. Yep, and then uh, that was t end of 2006 when gears showed up, I believe, and then 2007 I went to the March Irwindale race. I was the only car that showed up. Nobody showed up. So, so everybody was everyone was just mad. Everybody just was mad. done. I don't know if they're mad, but they were done. And uh, so it was pretty funny because they gave me like the first place plaque, the best of show, and low ET. And then I was hanging out with Scott Bach, and we were just at the end of the day, you know, talking around, talking crap. And he's like, "Is your car on the plaque?" I said, "Yeah, yeah, it's on the plaque because I won the championship in 06." He's all, "Go get the second and third one too. Said, your car's on. You might as well get them all." <laughs> I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. So he went and went and talked to Kimbo and Frenchie, and they gave him the second, third place plaque. So I got, I got all five. Because oh. <laughs> like, how often do you get your car on the plaque? Right. Well, I have the for Sacramento Bug Rama 54. My bus was on the plaque, and I have the second place trophy for that. There you go. <laughs> Which is the best. Yeah. Second place trophy, and my bus is on the on the trophy. So. Yeah. But. Kind of funny. So now. <clears throat> so yeah, that class went away in 07, and then Bug Rama promotions. They so they just killed the class. Yeah, just low participation. Nobody showed up, and, and I'm assuming Frenchie and Kimball were just like, all right, I guess it's over. And then uh, Bugarama, they took it over and called it Cow Look Challenge, and then some new blood came out. And then uh, I was doing that with them, and at the same time, 07, that's when, 
Because I think 05 is when Rich Dixon ran the first 10 second, the 1090 in the class. And then uh, 06 is when Sean Gear showed up and ran the 1080, then he ran the 1058. And I'm like, well, I want to run a 1090. So 07 is when I started building a 2595 and uh, buying all the parts and building the motor. And that, that took a couple years. It, 09 is when I finally got the 1090. And they let me race in that Cowlick Challenge, but I was not eligible as far as you know winning anything. But I didn't care. I just wanted to hang out and you know personal best. So the 1090 was a 2500 cc motor. 2595. 2595. What's that? It was a Scat 88 flange crank, uh, JE 96.9 pistons, and it had all the thin rings and all that. You know the crazy 1.2, 1.530. Like this rings. is just an all-out race motor. Yeah, I had my Compies and I had the 52s on there. 15 to one compression. <laughs> FK98 cam from Roger. FK91? 98. Oh, FK98. Yeah, it had, I think the lift on it, max lift at the retainer was 670. Wow. That's a lot of lift. So, yeah, that was a whole <laughs> learning, yeah, it was a whole learning lesson with that, trying to get into tans. It's, it's a huge feat for an all-body aspirated car. And what's uh, your, what was your car, what's your car weigh? 1840 with me in it. And how and, much fuel? I only put like two gallons in the tank at a time, but uh, it came down to that MagnaFuel fuel system. That's what got me in the tens. Really? Because I had a Holly black with the paper filter, like you're talking about the Fram filter and the Holly regulator, and the car just felt like it was running out of gas going down the track. And then, uh, you know, I'm talking to people, and people are like, "Well, it could be your MSD crapping out. Could be your fuel system." And then buy the filter from MagnaFuel, buy the regulator. And finally, when I bit the bullet and bought the pump and put the bypass return in there, the very next bugger ammo, I was running 13s with that motor. It was just running out of gas down the track. Really? Yeah, I was, you know, pissed off as all hell. You <laughs> so know, just 588 rods in that motor. It was wow. a monster. I mean, Tiger had to custom make me a two inch low down header. I had to give him the measurements from exhaust stud to exhaust stud to make it fit. Because it was so wide? Yeah. And, uh, he even had to cut the collector way back so that my existing muffler for the inch and three quarters would fit. So that's I crazy. I put that MagnaFuel fuel pump in there, and the very next pass ran 11.0, just like that. From 13, from 13s yep. to 11s. Yep, just because of that fuel pump. Really? And what's the what's the PSI that pumps run it? And you're, it's it's a MagnaFuel fuel pump. Yeah, the MagnaFuel 275. It's preset at 18 psi before it dumps back into the tank. Because, you know, the, the Hollies are just deadheading, so I just couldn't keep up with the float bowls and the carbs. Really? It was just sucking them dry. And how many pounds of pressure, how many pounds of fuel pressure are you running on those cars? Uh, Jack has always told me, run as much as you can until the jet wells start to overfill. Really? So I was like at five to six. Five to six PSI. Yeah. So Jack, he helped me out a lot back then with that motor, giving me tips and all that and helped me out. And what a difference. All you did was change the fuel system and you got, you jumped yep. up. Like that was it. That was Two the seconds almost? Yeah. A second and a half? Yeah. Wow. So my fastest time ever in that is a 10.90. And I ran 123 on that pass, but then I've ran like 11 O's at 125. And like 142 60 footers or 145 60 footers. And now you're running a four speed in that car? I was, yeah. But how about now? No, now it's a Berg 5 with a Dave Foltz nose cone. Really? Yeah. So you did. So you switched to a Berg 5, and now how, how is it with a 5-speed? Uh, there's no going back. It is literally the, the best thing I've done to that car. Yeah. Yeah. I, I had that in my, uh, in my gear, and, and sometimes the challenge is 
with the four speed is that fourth gear drop is so big to drive on the freeway. And now when you put that five speed, you just have that perfect sequential gear splits. Yeah. And I think it's uh It was all part of the uh, whole streetcar transformation. You know, when I was detuning the motor, sold the Urcos and Slicks, I was done with racing. You know, I was, 2018 was my last pass I made and I just wanted the car not to live on jack stands no more. I was sick of that whole routine. Yeah. And do you enjoy the car a ton more now? Yes, by far. It's been one year last week that I've had the car running and finally working all the bugs out and getting the five speed to shift in all five gears and all that. The Rev 6, I got that Ron Loomis's single street Yeah, we, thought we interviewed Ron Loomis. He talked about that Rev 6. Yeah, big... he, he's helped me out big time. We've been bouncing ideas off each other and we finally got it to hook up. It was spinning, it was slipping in fifth gear. Really? Yeah. I would get on the freeway and shift into fifth and then you can hear the RPMs just go way up. But you're wide open in fifth or you're just yeah, if I'm get, Yeah, if I'm getting on it. If you're trying to trying to go for a top top speed record. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like with the five speed you're ready to go to the salt flats to try to get you some miles <laughs> on that thing. Try to get try to break a speed record. Yeah. Yeah, that, that Rev 6 great. We got it dialed in now. Yeah, the, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting ready to start going into drag racing just because I bought that drag car. I got a turnkey drag car for five grand. So, uh, I mean, listen, she's nothing to scream about, but it's got motor trans, it's got the whole shebang, and I'll probably take it out at Irwindale on the 18th and just kind of see what it does, and uh, we'll see how see, see how we end up going down that rabbit hole as far as, like, just, just doing it just to have fun. You know, that's kind of my main priority, but my main primary thing to start doing it because I really love being on the street. I love track racing is the safest, it's the best. Yeah. But the most fun is on the street. Yeah, for me, doing the whole streetcar transformation, where it came from is, you know, I, I got Facebook in 2018, and I'm looking at my phone, and everyone's just out enjoying their cars, driving them on a nice day, and I'm like, what the hell, man? I got this streetcar, but it lives on jack stands, you know? Well, and, and, and to give you some credit, I was, I was talking to my wife about your car and showing it to her in a magazine. I said, you know, how come I just can't be a one really nice car guy? <laughs> like, this car's super nice, and he's happy with it, and it's like, I just can't be like a one, like, and, and I, I've got such a short attention span that I'm five minutes into this and five minutes into that, but I like to be able to have a little bit of everything, right. you know? But it, it's a super, super nice car, man. Thank I, you. I, I just think it's such a dialed-in car. It's still super clean to this day. One of the cleanest cars it's out there. 17 years now. Yeah, and it runs like a beast. It does, man. I This motor, you know, going from the 2595 to this detuned 2276 uh, pump gas, I was like, oh my God, this is probably going to suck. You know, it's going to be like driving a stock motor, but this motor, I think it's it's right up there with my 11 second motor. I'm not saying it'll run 11s. It's probably but it feels good. It feels good. I mean, it goes, you know, it probably run same as my 1249s back in the day, you know, but and I'm who, not going to make a pass with it. And who built the five speeds? That's a Dave Foltz? Uh, no, I got a guy in Sacramento. His name's Aaron. He's built all my trannies since my first one I blew up from uh, when I got it. Well, what's the name of his tranny shop? He does it out of his house. Oh, really? Yeah. He's wow. got a mill and TIG welding, and he's got all the tranny jigs, everything in his house. Wow. So he's you... built all my trannies ever since. And you've had good luck with his trannies. Oh, huh? yeah. He's the best. He's, there's no one else I'd rather go to. And uh, when it came time for the five-speed, I said, you ever done one before? He's like, nope. I said, well, Gary Berg <laughs> gave me a whole list of what to look for, and I got the instructions from Berg, and I'm confident that you can do it because the guy's a genius. And I said, but here's the difference, though. Here's the deal. Because usually I drop the parts off, I leave it with him. He likes to be left alone, and then he'll call me when it's ready. Yeah. I said, this time, I'm going to be there, and I'm going to be documenting everything for this whole build. Yeah. And so we did it on a Saturday and a Sunday, two days. We busted it out, got it done. I, you know, 
I had a five speed in my Type 34 Ghia. I actually have one in my split window, which has yet to hit the streets. <laughs> it's it's still sitting over Buddy's place. I keep place, hearing it. It's, a, it's but, almost uh, done. Yeah, that's got a 2600 Type 4 in it with 48s. So that's going to be my my street ripper. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like because I love. I'm a torque guy, and mm -hmm. I love the feel of the torque. And I'm excited to get that car on the road, but I really, really enjoy the five-speed. You know, like like when I had it in my Gia, just get on the free with my buddies, that gear split keeps pulling you, keeps pulling yep. you, and then you just hit that fifth gear. And if they've got close ratio trans, that's when you just separate the yep. men from the boys right oh, there. Oh, yeah. You know, but I'm, I'm just ripping around town, you know, Roseville or whatever, and you get some some young 20-year-old whatever shows up in his Audi or whatever Mercedes, yeah, and yeah. you're like... All right. It's time to go. It's go time. <laughs> you know, I know, like even myself, I'm so used to having a four speed all my life. You know, the five speed took forever to get used to. You know, you forget that you have a fifth gear. You you're, do. Next thing you know, you're just you're winding out in fourth gear and you're like, oh, yeah, I got another one. And you're still running 48s on the street? 52s. 52s. Yeah, they're choked down 44 so bins. They're choked down, but now have you done that third hole progression? Yeah, they Jack did the works on them to open the float bowls and the third progression way back when. Does the third progression is a noticeable difference? That's all I've ever had, so I so couldn't you tell know. you. My 48s had third progression, and then these 52s do. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you got 48s, it's just going to run what it's going to run. The only difference 48s. I did for these for the street is I took out the glass needle and seats and I put the genuine uh, Weber 300s in there and took out the 48 Venturis and put the 44s in there, and that's about it. And what valve size are you running on this car? Uh, they're the ultra wedge port heads, so they're 46 by 37s. 46, 37s. Yeah, 37 and a halves. Have you never been a turbo guy? Uh, you know, I'm probably going to piss off a lot of people, but to me that's like a Band-Aid. Yeah. You know, so I'm but all about naturally aspirated IDAs. I've had that conversation with Adam Wick where I said, how come you never did turbo? He said, turbos are for guys that don't know how to make power. Yep, I've said that <laughs> numerous times too. I know there's a lot of turbo guys out there, but, but it's like. But, you know, you saw, we, I'm going to get Steve Dalton. I talked to him at the car show last week. I'm mm -hmm. going to have him on the podcast. You know who Steve Dalton is? Oh, was that the guy you pointed out to Correct. me? Correct. Yeah. He's got a 2,500cc injected turbo, and he's done drag week three years. And I think it's it's one of those cars that's been under the radar for a long time. And not a lot of people, you gotta be like in the know heavy to know who he is. He's really laid back, super unassuming. He's spending time with his kids and stuff. And so it's hard for him. I mean, just me rapping with him, he had his daughter with him. And and you know, when your daughter, you got a kids with you at five, six, seven years old, it's, yeah. it's a little bit of a handful to be at a car show and just chill. But yep. he's got that motor, man, dialed in. And uh, that, that thing's running, he's running, 10 1040s i think maybe 10 10 uh 10 20s and and on the street and driving 200 miles the next drag strip yeah. and all that stuff and you just turn that boost up when you need it that's it and you know that's kind of the thing with the boost you know you just grab that knob and just yeah. kind of crank it if it's built for it you can really you can almost have the tranny geared to cruise and then turn the boost up when it's time to get down yeah, horsepower on dial <laughs> you know and i think that's 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 part of the thing because i've had turbo cars before too on the street and I'm just a I'm just a sucker for torque and power. You know, you feel that boost, like, yeah. and it's just like something you can just play with, and then just you can be civilized if you need to. And, and yeah, don't get me wrong, I love the sound of a turbo car, yeah. especially when you hear them cruising through the pits. You know, oh, yeah, it is. They got, they got that hum to them when they're cruising by you. Yeah. But me, I've always just been about IDAs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's. There's there's definitely a different preference between people from from boosted to non-boosted and power adders and whatnot. But uh, well, like George, you know, like he, he always busts my balls. He goes. You're so narrow-minded. You don't like no other cars. You just like bugs and, you know, cow look. That's yeah. your only thing is cow look and IDAs. <laughs> you have no other 
no other um, you know opinions about any other cars I got. I guess that's who I am. You know, it's just like you hear people have tons of project cars. You know, I'm like I can only focus on one at a time. That's it. Well, and to get through that, we all got to have patient wives that put up with our <laughs> obsession because it gets kind of. They kind of look at us like, like, what's your deal? Like, right. I, thought, I thought this was going to be the end, and I thought you were going to be happy with this. Like a broken record. I swear, one more. <laughs> one it's almost more. done. One more thing. That's all I got left to do. So you got to give your wife some credit for that. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah she's, she's been a saint. I'll, I'll say that. She's put up with a lot. Yeah. And you're like, what, what do you want, babe? What do you need? Like, <laughs> well, it's like this whole weekend. You know, we've been cruising around since Friday, and the car has just within the last what month or two has finally been to where we could drive it and enjoy it i've gotten all the kinks worked out and so like you know i'm driving around with her and i'm like this is what i've been trying to tell you for the last right. year just that i'm trying to it. get to because she you know she's like are you done yet it's good enough can you just leave it alone i go almost <laughs> i'm almost there i'm almost happy what and what's your wife's name nicole nicole, nicole so we gotta give a shout out to nicole for being so patient <laughs> and willing to put up with all the crap that we have and uh but i will give her credit though like when we've been cruising around here in southern california you know and just enjoying the time and uh, she's she's she may not say it out loud but she's been enjoying it she's happy happy on the inside yeah <laughs> you know because i'll do the whole like so are you having a good time <laughs> you see now what i've been trying to envision in my head right but i mean you know it's one of those things where you've had the car done for a while but it's like it's a new lease on that car like yes. now now you're not so racked with like it's got to be perfect it's got to be this like now i'm gonna drive it i'm gonna enjoy it keep it clean i'm not gonna bash it up but i'm gonna i'm gonna take it places i'm gonna go hopefully we'll see you down in vegas this year because that is a great time. I know. That's one of the ones I want to hit up, too. You know, George has been uh, hyping me all about that. It's just it's just such a good time to just come down there. It's, it's, the weather's great in October, and we get a lot of opportunity to uh, spend time with our cars, and it's more of a social car event. So a lot of people uh, really enjoy the cars that come out, and, and it's really just a, a good time to be had. And, and the cars, sometimes we get so obsessed on our goal, we forget that the cars are just meant to be driven. Yeah, right. That's that's what I keep telling everybody because like everybody I've talked to about coming down for this trip, they're like, so you, or like Buggerama. I live a half an hour from Sacramento Buggerama and they're like, so did you tow down here? I go, no, it's a street car now. I drive this thing. It's it's not about the trailer anymore, the trailer yeah. queen. You know, but I towed here, but we've been driving, putting the miles on, you know, just enjoying it. I tell yeah. people there's no better feeling than going out in the garage and seeing the car on all four tires. Yeah. Yeah, and then being able to know, like, oh, I might want to run to the store real quick. Yep. I'll just take that. Yeah, I'll tell her, say, I'm going to go just do a rip around the block real quick. And she always says, are you sure just a rip around the block, or are you going to go stop at one of your friend's house? <laughs> That's the problem. I'm, like, I'm just going to talk to my buddy real quick. Two minutes, two minutes. She's like, yeah, yeah, hour later. She's like, okay, right. it's time to go. I get there, and I look at the phone's all blown up from her. She goes, why didn't you answer? I go, I can't hear in this car. Are you kidding? <laughs> Plus, she always yell at me if I'm talking on the phone while I'm driving. <laughs> no, that's rad, man. Well, I, I'm super glad that I got to see the car and check it out in person. And uh, I, I'm really stoked that we got a chance to sit down and do this podcast. Anybody you want to give some shout-outs to for help and all that stuff? Well, number one would be my wife. Yes. Uh, you know, queen of the patients. That's it. Uh, my son, Gavin, he, he helped me ex extensively with that car, taking the motor in and out all those years racing. Uh, he was, you know, 16 years old. He was towing me in the pits, you know. So he jumped, he stepped up and helped me out. He was my pit crew at the time. And we know how that goes with our sons. We're super calm and gentle with them. We're not, we're not tense. We're not like, hey, I told you when I say slow down, you slow down. Like, <laughs> yep. 
you know, I give them the whole pep talk beforehand, like, dude, do not stomp on the brakes. If a person walks in front of you on a return road, run them over. Right, you just have to yeah, run them do over. Do not yeah. lock the brakes up because I don't want to end up in the hitch. Right. And, uh, you know, it's funny you bring that up, too, because, like, one time I was all stressed out the races and I, and I snapped at him. <laughs> My poor kids. And I didn't know he was mad at me. I didn't know I hurt his feelings. And then uh, his sisters afterwards told me about, like, you know, he was pissed off. I'm like, oops, sorry, I better go apologize. I'm sorry, don't take it personal. Yeah, and what's funny is, like, we, we sometimes are – well, the problem I think with kids is we think they know what we're thinking. Yep, that's what it was. I and, was uh, I said something and he looked at me like, "What do you? I don't understand what you want me to do." You know, like I hear you talk about your sons, like how you drag. Like, come on, we're going in the garage. You're going would, in the garage. And no, I would do that. I I, get off the video games. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. And then, like you know, my stepsons, you know, uh, I would drag them out there. They'd help with this whole street car conversion. And uh, it's funny because now her oldest, Owen, he's he's 17 now, real quiet mellow kid but every now and then he'll just come out in the garage do you need help with anything you know yeah i go you could sit there and hang out and talk with me if you want you know we could you know you got any questions you know so it's it's great when you get the kids involved you know and and, and that's how they slowly start turning into car guys and then like, my son you know he's 21 now and he's back home from the navy and then I, he was at the Bugarama at sacramento last week with us with his girlfriend and it's funny because now he's taking her off and pointing things out, you know, taking her through the pits and yeah. this is that and this is that. And I'm just watching them, you know, that's the best but at the, the time when they're the kid when you try to explain stuff, they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the best. What's funny is my kid comes and goes, hey, dad, what was that thing you were telling me about the one cars with the this, this and this? And, and, I, and I'm like, oh, he was listening to that. Like, uh -huh. like it's kind of one of those things where, oh. So maybe all my yelling did work a little right. bit, you know. Well, even my wife Nicole, you know, it's, we've been we've been married what, almost three years now, and you know, she never was into Volkswagens or cars. And it's funny because now we'll be walking through shows, and she'll actually start spotting little things like, "Oh, you got that?" or "Is that a '67?" I go, "Holy crap, you are listening! <laughs> <laughs> you just went up another notch in my book." That's it. That's it. No, it's great, man. It, you know, it's great, and, and the biggest thing is really the family. You know what I mean? Like the family atmosphere that the VW people have, because like. You know George and all. Like you, you meet people, and then well, George, he's a great guy. That guy, he's got so much energy. He's so funny. He is just—he's a crack up. Yeah. I do got to say though, you are being a bad influence on that guy <laughs> because he starts talking to me about Type Fours and double cabs, <laughs> and then you yeah, he's know, wanting one. He's wanting a tow rig. He's it, wanting something. Yep. Little. And then I'm like, he's like, what do you think? And I'm like, George, you know me. I'm narrow-minded. <laughs> I only like one thing, man. Is cow look or nothing? Yeah. It's awesome, man. I just, you know. Every year, being in the scene, meeting more people, and making more connections, and it's like this. It's it, and we're all a lot of us are similar nades, going through the same things in life, and it's just this thing that we bond over these cars, and we get in, and we get out, and and we're kind of we always come back, and it's the same group of people that are really into the hobby, and it's and the hobby is really the people's car is really the people's car. Oh yeah, definitely. The Garden Grove Friday. Uh, I haven't been to the Classic and DKP since 06. Right. And, you know, this is the first time being able to bring the car as a streetcar and drive it instead of trailer cleaning it. And it was just so nice hanging out and all the DKP guys coming up. Hey, what up, Lee? You know, I'm talking to Robert, Ben, Art, all those guys, you know, like old times. Just talking about the old DRKC days, you know, because, you know, I was racing against all those guys. Yeah. It was just great, you know, like old times. No, it's a, it's definitely something that uh, ran into John Sugar. We were talking about the old, old super gas days when I had my '61. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a guy that I need to get on the podcast too. I think you yeah. mentioned him. Yeah, John he's a great Sugar. guy. He's been, been around for a while. Yeah. Yep. Well, 
Lee, man, I appreciate you making the time. I know you guys are trying to get home. You got a little bit of a drive ahead of you, and it's and the more you go north, the warmer it gets. Uh, we're Just not like, going home today. Oh, we're we still got more stuff to do. Oh, more, more, more cruising. Stuff to do. Oh yeah, I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, Lee, man, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it, and uh, for sure, I'll be also, reaching like, out. Also, back ahead. to the thank yous. I'm sorry, I got distracted. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I want to thank George. Uh, George McCallum. Mr. McCallum. I want to thank uh, my buddy Jason Linquist for all the help he's given me. My buddy uh, Nate Joyner. He's, he helped me assemble that car. We put that car together in 30 days. Really? Made it to the Bugarama in 05. That Friday, I had to go take it to DMV and get it registered for DRKC. Wow. And I got a lot of other friends I'm sure I'm forgetting along the way, but yeah. Everybody knows who they are. You can't do it by are. yourself. You need, you need help. Yeah, you need a whole, a whole network of people, man. And uh, I think it's... I think it's great. The scene's still strong as, as 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 can be up there in Northern California. Lots of guys doing things, and it's good to bring the car back out because a lot of these cars kind of they go out for a little while and then they kind of disappear into a garage. Oh, yeah, you just get rejuvenated. You know, I got my buddy Tony Carino. He's got his looker. Brian Wallentine. He's got his car. He's been building. He got uh, Tony Klink's got a looker that he's been stashing away. We're trying to get him to bring it out after he, yeah, he's so busy with racing. Yeah. You got Steve Hole. He's got his. I got my buddy Johnny. He's got his turbo. But we'll make an exception for one turbo guy. That's all right. He turbo guys can you come know? hang. So, <laughs> well, cool, man. Well, Lee, thanks for coming on, brother. All right, well, thanks for having me, man. All right, later. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast because I really enjoyed it. Uh, Lee's a rad dude, and he's definitely capable. And anyone you guys can be capable too. Take the time, do the studying, get your information, and you can be just like Lee, and you can build your own stuff. Uh, build it in your garage and build a show stunner without having to shell out tons and tons of money. It just takes determination and commitment, and that's what Lee's got, man. So I'm glad I got to do that podcast with him. Look forward to seeing that car here at the One Crazy Weekend. He's supposed to be bringing it down. So we look for that street ripper to be down here in Las Vegas, cruising Las Vegas Boulevard, and you can too, October 7th. Don't forget to go to Let's Talk Dub's website and book your room now. Well, if you guys want a shot on the podcast, make sure you give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and I read the reviews here on the podcast and give you shout outs get your 15 minutes of fame i'm holding it for you also support the podcast by going to letstalkdubs.com and picking up some merch support our sponsors man the people that help bring you this rad podcast go to rosswolf.com and vwtrans.com until next week guys later here's a volkswagen that's big enough the new vw fastback sedan the fastback also has the most powerful engine we've ever made it's air cool. Since we made a VW that's a little roomier in the inside, and in the back, where most cars have their trunks, we have a... Come into your Volkswagen dealer. He'll show you where the motor is.